You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. So this week we are in our final part of the series, The Story. And man, what an amazing series it has been to talk about all the things that God has done from the very beginning of this story uh, to lead us where we are today, right? To lead us to the place where Jesus has come in on the scene and died on the cross for our sins. But what an amazing series that it has been. And today, as I said, it's the final part of this series. And what we've been doing throughout this story is we've been giving you the whole big picture of the Bible. So as you know, we can't get into every detail, we can't get into every story, but we have given you the big major stories of the Bible. And what we've seen so far from these big and major stories is a lot about the character of God. And one of the big things that just goes throughout this whole story is God's faithfulness to us, that he is so faithful. He's so faithful to us in the midst of our unfaithfulness. He's so, midst to, he's so good to us in the midst of us being flawed. He's so good to us in the midst of all of these challenges that come along the way. And if he's good to the Israelites throughout Scripture, let me tell you, he's good to you. He's good to I. His character doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was good to them, he's going to be good to us. And he's faithful to us no matter what. And when I say he's faithful, it means he wants a relationship with you. It means that he wants to pursue you, regardless of what it is that's happening in your life currently, that he desires a relationship with you, desires to pursue you. And that is something beautiful that we've seen throughout this series. But as we've been looking at this series, we saw that at the very beginning, when we first began this series, we knew that God created the heavens and the earth. And one of the things that he says in Genesis 131 is he says it like this. He says that God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. It was very good. So I want you to remember that, and you know, a couple of times throughout this series, we've asked the question, okay, if we look around the world today, is it good? And I think we would all agree that it's not good, that there's a lot of evil, that there's a lot of brokenness, that there's a lot of sadness, that there's a lot in our world that is not good. So what happened from the beginning in Genesis 1.31 to where we are today. Well, we saw in the story that Adam and Eve came about and that they made some decisions that brought sin into the world. And as sin entered the world, it fractured and broke everything. Every single one of us is flawed because of that decision. Every single one of us is impacted because of that. And so what began to happen is as sin entered the world and it fractured that relationship with them and God, that just like a disease, that spreads, a contagious disease, that contagious disease of sin began to spread. And it spread into every facet of this world and it spread into their offspring and it spread and it spread and it spread and it caused God's people to be flawed and it caused them to be sinful and to make sinful decisions at times and often. And in this time, God could have said, nope, let's end this. There's no hope. But no, all along the way, He's faithful and he wanted a relationship with his people and he wanted to find a way to make all things new and he wanted to find a way to heal and he wanted to find a way to work and he wanted to find a way to make all things new in the lives of his people. So he created a plan and that plan that he created, it included a whole lot of flawed people along the way, people like Abraham, who he said, Abraham, through you, I'm gonna bring a blessing onto this whole world. 
People like Moses. He said, Moses, I'm going to use you, a murderer. I'm going to use you to set my people free. Along the way, David, an adulterer and a murderer, said, David, I'm going to use you to be the king that through your line is going to come the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. So all these people throughout the way, God is using in powerful ways, but it's all to point to one person. It's all to point to Jesus, that every story whispers his name, that it's not about those who are flawed. It's not about those who are imperfect. It's about every story's pointing to the perfect one, Jesus Christ. And let me say this, he's the only perfect one in this story. He's the only one who never made a mistake. He's the only one who's got it all together. He's the only one, and we all need a savior like that. And so he came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again so that we could have life, and he paid the penalty for our sin on the cross that those who trust in him can have eternal life. And man, we are so grateful for that, aren't we? That it's not on us, that it's not on us being perfect, that it's not on us having it all together. It's all him. It's, he did it all. He did it all. And we see that, man, that was the most beautiful thing, and we celebrated that together on Easter. But last week, we said that we get to be partners in that. And the way that we be partners in that is we get to share this story with others. Others who are flawed, just like you and I, who think they have to have it all together in order to make it to heaven, that you could tell them, hey, it's not on you, it's on Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Let me tell you the story of the Bible. Let me tell you the story of what God has done to be in relationship with you. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story. But like every story, stories come to an end. So today we're going to end this series with the final part of this story. And I would say that this story ends, much like I love stories to end, with this phrase at the end, and they lived happily ever after. And they lived happily ever after. Don't you love a good story that ends like that? Don't always like the ones with the cliffhangers at the end where you have no idea what happened. Don't always like those. But the ones that I like are the ones that they lived happily ever after. And when it comes to this story and it comes to the story of Scripture, God recognizes and God makes in bold letters this idea that all things are made new. And not only are all things made new, but he's redeemed all things and made all things good again that were bad. And so I don't know about you, but that sounds like a very strong happily ever after a very strong, all things are good again. A very strong, the things that were broken along the way are no longer broken, but they are fixed. I've put all the pieces back together again, and all things are made new happily ever after. So we're going to talk about that today and talk about what that means. But Jesus, he promises us this happily ever after, this place. And he says it like this. He says in John 14, 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And so Jesus tells us, hey, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I've got a place for you. And I'm telling you, man, Jesus, the master carpenter, he doesn't make any junk. He's not taking us to a bad place. He's taking us to a very, very good place, a place that he can say, wow, this is good. This is a blessing to my people. This is everything that they need and everything that they want. And I'm going to create that kind of place for them. So this morning, 
recognize that from the very beginning, we see Adam and Eve in the garden, everything's perfect. Things get broken, they get kicked out of the garden, but God's plan all along was to get us back in the garden. It's to get us back in the place of peace and perfection that he originally created, to get us back there in a place where sin is no longer an issue because it's been defeated, where death has been defeated, where these things that came in, in that moment are no longer an issue, but perfection is. So let's take a look at what the Bible says about heaven, about the new heavens and the new earth this morning. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 65. We're gonna start in verse 17. And I want us just to imagine heaven as we read this. It says this, it says, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound, listen to this, the sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Beautiful stuff. The hope of heaven is a place where there's no more weeping and there's no more tears and that we will not hear the sounds of weeping and tears no more. Beautiful stuff, right? If you look around the world, we hear the sound of weeping, the sound of tears very often. It's heartbreaking. On the news every night, we hear those sounds. On the news every night, we hear those things. We hear those sounds in our neighborhoods and in the world that we live in because it's broken. But it's telling us here that heaven's going to be a place where we don't hear those sounds anymore. A perfect place. Never again will there be an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought of a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. And before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Let me stop here just so we can talk a little bit about what we just read. I think one of the things that came because of the fall is this, this idea of work and this idea of toil and hard work that makes us sweat and makes us tired and makes us exhausted. And this paints a different picture for us about work, doesn't it? This paints a picture not of the Monday mornings that you're dreading going into the office and dreading going into work, but it paints a picture of work as something that we can enjoy, something that's glorifying to God, something that is something that we do for our benefit and not the benefit of somebody else. That work is something that's a positive thing in heaven, that the curse is broken, that it's no longer a bad thing. And I think that is just awesome. But listen to this. It says, the wolf and the lamb will feed together and the lion will eat straw like the ox and the dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. So what does that mean? It means that this friction that we feel, 
that even happens between animals, right? That there, there's animals that are enemies in this world. They're looking to destroy each other. That that no longer exists in heaven, right? That the lion and the lamb will be able to lay together, feed together. And so if the lion and the lamb can lay and feed together, don't you think that Republicans and Democrats can hang out together, right? A perfect place of peace there's no longer friction, where there's no longer pain, where there's no longer the things of the past that you did wrong that are causing people to be mad at you. All of these things, all of these things are gone and there's perfect peace and hope and people being reunited. Beautiful, beautiful stuff that God has promised us. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and there was no longer any sea. So this is what God is, is inviting us to. This is what he's, he wants for us, a new heaven and a new earth, an Eden that's expanded into something so, so beautiful that we can't even comprehend it in our minds, something so enjoyable that we can't even comprehend it in our minds. That's what he wants for us at the end of this story, a happily ever after such beauty, such love. But as we think about this even more so, reminded of a story of a missionary. And this missionary couple, uh, they live far, far away, and they were finally coming home for the first time in about 10 to 15 years. And so they jump on a, a big boat, and they take off, and they're about to approach New York City when they see in the distance that there is a great group of people cheering excited for whoever's coming. They think, wow, is this some of our people? Like some of the people are excited that we're coming? And so as they approach closer, they see signs and apparently one of the presidents at the time, the president at the time of the United States was on the boat as well. And so they were cheering for the president who was coming. And so the, uh, the missionary couple, the lady was very disheartened by this. She was really hoping for a welcome home, a job well done, and, uh, and so she was very sad that nobody was there to welcome them for the hard work they had done over the last 10 to 15 years. And she began to deal with God about this. So she asked God, God, why is there nobody acknowledging us? Why is there nobody cheering us on? Why? And you know what God told her? And it's a great lesson for you and I in every area of our lives. God said, it's because you're not home yet. It's because you're not home yet, because there will be a day where that missionary couple will enter into heaven and they will be celebrated and they will be hugged and people will be grateful that they're there and their coming into that place will be one that is celebrated. But this isn't home yet. And so we could apply that same theme to every area of our lives. Is there sickness and disease in your life? We're not home yet. Is there friction in your life with relationships and people in your life? We're not home yet. God's going to work all those things out for his good. Is there problems in your life? We're not home yet. God's going to work all these things out for good for those who love him, been called according to his purpose. And he's going to turn all bad into good. And he's going to wipe away every tear. And he is going to do that so, so beautifully as he always always does, but it's going to be like that forever, forever and ever. He's not done yet. 
I'm reminded of a funeral that I did of a man who was bedridden for many years before his death. And the joy of that funeral, I was like, man, how could a funeral be joyful? It was joyful because he was now dancing in heaven. It was joyful because this guy loved soccer and he was now playing soccer on the soccer fields of heaven because no longer was he bedridden, but he was able to move and able to dance and able to laugh again and able to do all the things that he wished that he could do over the last several years. And he can do that for eternity now. So our frail bodies, our bodies that are maligned with sickness and disease, those bodies aren't going to exist in heaven. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. I'm reminded of walking into a hospital room and seeing a lady hold a baby that had died, stillborn. And the hurt and the pain in that room was beyond imaginable and that those feelings will not exist anymore, that every tear will be wiped away, that those things will not happen in heaven, that the hurts and the pains of this world will no longer exist because Jesus is going to make all things new. That's the hope of heaven. That's the hope of heaven, a new Jerusalem, new heavens and a new earth that God is creating for us. And that's what it's all about. Revelation 21 continues to give us more about heaven. So let's look at that. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Listen to this, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. So all these things that we've just talked about, all these things, maybe uh, being reunited with a loved one is what you're thinking of. And that person who went away too soon, whether that's a baby, a child, a family member, that you will be reunited with those individuals. What a joy. What a joy that the hope of heaven brings us, right? All these things that we've talked about, are you looking forward to it? It's something that we could look forward to. It's something that can get us through the hard days to look forward to that. But what do we do with the time being? Our time on this earth, because God's not done here yet if we're still here, we're still breathing. God's not done with us yet. So what do we do with this time that we have left? Well, I think... We need to have this mindset that goes like this. Live for then, now. Live for then, now. Jesse, what do you mean live for then, now? Well, guys, we can live our lives living for this broken world. And every day we're just investing our lives into something that's just not going to continue. Or we can live our lives for the hope of heaven. 
And so we can live our lives investing in that, investing in things that are going to matter when this world ends. And some of those things are sharing your faith with others so that you could bring more people to heaven with you. That's going to matter for eternity. That's going to matter forever. So who can you bring with you to this beautiful place that we just described? Is it a neighbor, a friend, a coworker? Who can you bring with you to this beautiful place that we just described? Man, we're so good about telling people about things that we love and things that we enjoy. Restaurants and, man, vacation places and things like that. Why not tell them about the hope of heaven and what God has in store for those who follow Jesus? We've got so many people to tell this amazing truth to. One of my favorite quotes, it goes like this. It says, uh, only one life. So you and I, we only have one life. It will soon be passed. Our life goes by like this, doesn't it? But only what's done for Christ will last. And to keep that in our heads, that only what's done for Christ will last. And what's done for Christ is going to matter for eternity. It's going to matter not just on this earth, but in the earth to come that God is creating for us. So do you have a mindset that is living for the world to come? Or are you just thinking about this world? Because it's time to shift our thinking. It's time to shift our mindset and begin to think in that way. So what do we do with this message today? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think, number one, be grateful. Be grateful that we have a God who died for us, who rose again so that we could have life, and that we get to enter into this perfect world with him because of what he did for us, not because we earned it. So be grateful. And when we worship in a little while, man, worship with your hands held high, with your head held high, excited about worshiping a God who did that for you. But I think beyond that, a second thing that we can do today is that we can remember the hope of heaven that there's still people who aren't going to go there when they die unless we do something about it and be part of the storytelling so that they might come to know Jesus. Those are the two things that we can do with a message like this today. So let's do it. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.